Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Asturias takes the message out, begins reading it. There was some personal information in there, you know, the usual. Where are you? How are you doing? Who are you traveling with? You know, questions. Inquisitive stuff. But there is information about Veriflox. Since I don't have this message written out, I'm going to give you the bullet points here. Sounds good. Okay. Asturias lets you know. It's like the last time anybody went after Vera Flocks was just a few months ago. But, uh, seems they've gotten a bit more aggressive as of late. I'm not sure why. I mean, yeah, they're hunting them and all, but apparently they've gotten a little bit touchier recently. Um, still living in caves along the fractures and hiding in the clouds. Um, Following the sounds of thunder, help you find them, of course. Uh, da, 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 da. Hmm. This one's interesting. This one's interesting. It's unconfirmed. I'm apparently the last hunt. Only a couple have made it back. And the source isn't, well, let's just say, super reliable on this point here. But um, apparently the word is that... If they are to be hunted, they want it to be a challenge. Haven't really heard of prey asking for a stronger predator, but this is a dragon we're talking about here. Oh, Calling yeah. a dragon sounds, prey is just... Mm. Sounds almost like they're looking for some adventure. You know, we have a god we're hunting. We might be able to convince this one to join us and go on in the <laughs> ultimate adventure. We do have a silver-tongued god of our own with us. I think it's time we talk to Arnus about what we need to do here. Okay. The cormorant's not going to leave yet. One, they've been flying for a long time. And they're eating. Um, so yeah, they're going to hang out on the ship for a little bit. All right. So, with this intel, with what do you want to do with it? this intel, I would like to... I want to go down to... Uh, I want to start by going to Owan and giving him some guidance as to how to look for where we're headed 
now that we've got some basic information, um, let mm-hmm. him know that, you know, uh, I or Asturias will come back and there'll always be one of us with him to try and help and see if we can find the, the dragon. Um, not so much to help steer it, but like we are hunters. He is a pilot together. We could have better luck, hopefully. Just so I get this right, you want to take this ship on a dragon hunt? Oh, yeah, uh, about that. We're hoping not so much a hunt as it is a search for an ally. I'm going to go, to go talk to Arnis next and help him understand that it is a little bit of a leap to say that we, he might be will, uh, they, they might be willing to help they. us. But, uh, but I have a hunch that this creature is looking for a challenge. Being so far from, uh, from everything, I think we might be able to convince it that our adventure could be quite exciting for it. That's okay. That mm, seems dangerous, but I guess most of what you do is, huh? I, we have not had a moment of calm since I've joined this group. It's, it's I mean, been you've all been sailing in the air for like two weeks. It's been pretty calm. Yeah, but only so calm, right? Like it's only the calm between the end, uh, between the what? Okay. Okay. So yeah, uh, next stop is gotta go find Arnis in the animal hold. <laughs> okay. Darwin, would you like to join for this conversation now that we have the intel? Yeah, I suppose I should this time. Okay. As you're going down, Asturias will give you like a little wave, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Down in the hold. Uh-huh. And so I go down into the hold, and after a few moments of searching, behind the boxes that Arnis is always hiding behind. I say, uh, Arnis, it's about time we, uh, we get on with an adventuring, brother. Okay. All right, well, here's the thing. So while you were dealing with personal issues, I was doing some research on this uh, lovely uh, lightning phoenix egg, and my research led me to understand that I could hatch it today if I wanted, uh, using just a little bit of my own lightning magic, uh, but it would essentially hatch as a babe, with no ability to really help us until years from now. Now, given our current situation, I figured that might not be so helpful. So I dug a little deeper into my research, and I was able to find that if we were to find a naturally magic creature with the ability of lightning, we could feasibly hatch this lightning phoenix significantly stronger. So with Asturias' help here, we found the location where we might be able to seek out a lightning dragon, a blue dragon. And based on the intelligence that Asturias' allies were able to share with us, I think if we approach it right, we may not be able to just get him to help us with them, to help us with this uh, we egg here. We might convince them to join our fight. But that is not something I'll be able to do, nor Darwin, nor Asturias, nor anyone else on this ship. I mean, I guess it's a fail if we can't find someone who might be able to persuade a dragon. Okay, just so I've got this right. I go, like, do my own thing for less than 24 hours, and I come out on the other side, and we're willingly walking into, like, what you're telling me is negotiations 
with a lightning dragon. I've already seen you negotiate with one dragon. What's one more? This is why I can't have nice things. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that it's impossible, but can you tell me, like, what exactly this intelligence is that makes you believe that I can negotiate with this dragon? Oh, well, it's a dragon, so naturally an intelligent creature. Uh, of course. There's also the fact that the last group that went hunting the dragon, it had complained that it was looking for a real challenge. So I figure if the dragon's looking for a challenge, there's no bigger challenge than going after a demigod who's searching to take down his father. I might be able to spin it that way. I mean, I don't know, man. I, uh... Egan, Egan wants a challenge. I mean, that to me sounds like it wants to be, like, hunted by another dragon. Because there's not much that's on their level. So maybe God and Demigod would do it. Give me a um, second. I have, let me consult some notes really quick here. Oh, okay. Uh, nope, I thought I had a note about things that I knew about dragons. Mm. Nope. I didn't. Okay. But I'm going to say something in Scott, and if I overstep, correct me. But I've spent, oh yeah, uh, Arnus, I've spent my fair time uh, working and living with dragons, and you're right, they do possess great power, and uh, oftentimes, because of it, many of them become quite arrogant. Not as a fault of their own, just as the nature of their own abilities. And I think that if you, in your ever-growing persuasive abilities, we're able to keep that in mind and invite them uh, to join us in this adventure. I think you could play to their belief in how good they are and how great their power is and convince them that not only would this be a challenge for them, but uh, that we need their help. I don't think you're wrong there. Um, uh, uh, that's certainly feasible. So, I mean, I can, like, I... Yeah, I can I can steer that angle. Um, when are we getting there? Not and, today. And how exactly how exactly are we going to approach this dragon so they don't think that we're a threat immediately? I uh, I had some thoughts on that too. Okay, that is definitely a question. <laughs> Obviously, uh, when we get closer, we could use the most obvious form of communication, right? We could be shouting out into the void to are searching for them specifically with an intent to converse and, and parlay. I also thought that with a little bit of magic, we could, I don't know, paint or, or impress upon the ship somewhere a welcome sign or, or <laughs> I don't know, paint in the sky, something. Like, there's plenty of things that a group such as ours could do to forewarn that we're not come in uh, in a form of uh, aggression. Can, can I ask something really obvious? Oi. I mean, how did you get this information in the first place? Through Asturias' Just, allies? Yeah, Asturias' oh, yeah, Asturias records. can talk up, yeah. Yeah. One of my friends in the guild. The Bento. Okay. I trust but the arrow. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. That's actually not what I'm what I'm questioning at all. Like, uh, I literally want to know, like, how how did this information come to you? Did they tell you personally? Did um, what? There's a 
There's a bird on the deck. She holds up a paper message. Um, is there a way to just send the bird before us to the dragon? As a snack? Oh, not through my magic. Uh, I have to know the creature and the location. Oh. I mean, you um, could send the bird. It just wouldn't work with animal messenger. It would just be like a bird. Okay. All right. Then, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to do something so that we don't get immediately attacked. Because otherwise, I mean, if you're getting information from the bent bow, that means that people are going after this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, sorry, not thing. This dragon rather regularly. Yeah? I, often um, enough. Yeah. Okay. Once often or twice enough a year. That anybody that shows up is going to seem like a threat, right? Potentially, yeah. Okay. Uh, just, okay. Just getting close to Veriflox can be dangerous. Okay. Then we'll have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if the two of you don't collectively come up with an idea or we collectively don't got backup ideas, but I mean, those should be like break glass in case of emergency type ideas. Right. Not first run ideas. Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, sure. I'll try to persuade a dragon. Sounds like a great idea. How confident you can. You've done it before. I agree. Multiple times. I believe you've done it multiple times. I agree. I sort of got out of persuading the first one and the second one didn't really want to fight in the first place. So, I don't know. You you may be overestimating my skills. What about the third one? What third one? <laughs> There's been three. There's been three dragons you've encountered. There's been three? Astorius is like, what, how many dragons? How often are you meeting dragons? Uh, what? Actually, there's been four dragons you've encountered. <sighs> what the hell? What are you talking about? Or... Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but the one that was making the sun orbs, unless that was a half dragon. That was a half dragon. It was. Okay. That was Brizendine oh, the half dragon. Though, doesn't it? I didn't really have to persuade them. I brought them food from the town and got a thing from them. Yeah. Anyway. No. Go ahead. Half dragon, sure. Vizcara. Vizcara. I forgot about Vizcara. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, the green dragon. Okay, so like legitimately. Like it's it's been a long enough time that Arnas could have forgotten that that whole thing happened. Enough shit sure. has happened. Like could have forgotten about um oh my god, what was the name of the half dragon? Wait, 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 wait. I just said it. You did. And then you said Viscara <laughs> and it went out of my brain. <laughs> you really did. Brizendine. Brizendine. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Loved him some honey. Mm. Yes. Oh, his really honey did. stash is no more. That's been gone a while, dude. That's well, I mean, <laughs> he can't get any more because Honey Hollow has been destroyed. Yep. 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 Yeah, of all of them, though, I would say that, like, Viscara is the only one that I feel like I've actually persuaded to do anything. Right, well, like you also persuaded the drag, the black dragon, not to kill you at least twice. Talking about Elizabeth, yeah. yeah. And then you know the like silver just, dragon. I feel like I just avoided that fight. Like it didn't. I don't like. I like we skirted around <laughs> it. 
you also fully convinced a silver dragon to lead a city that they didn't want to lead. That's true. Uh, Orizaba was a brass dragon. Sorry, I apologize. That's okay. But yes. Uh, and okay, so like we go through this whole like conversation or whatever, and Arnis finally goes, okay, fine. I've convinced some dragons to do some stuff, but none of those dragons were being actively hunted by people all the time. So I still maintain my point that this is, this may be above my skill set, but sure, let's go, let's go get them. That thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Darvin, thoughts on going after a dragon who is regularly hunted by the Hunter's Guild? Yeah, I'm all for it. I think, I think it's a good plan. I think Arnus is up to the persuasion. I think okay. our credibility with dragons goes way back. Mm-hmm. This is just a matter of, does Viraflox know any of those other dragons? Probably. There's not a lot of dragons to begin with. There's especially not a lot of old dragons. I think up until now, Orizaba is probably the oldest one that you've met. But cool. I think as Asturias is listening to this conversation, she's going to reiterate a point that I've already made. And that is, look, if Veriflox is expecting hunters again, they may not be in the best mood. Even if we can convince them to help us out in whichever way, getting close enough to do so could still be dangerous. Are we sure we want to take this ship and, more importantly, everyone on board that close? If things go wrong... I, I, I hear you. I think the best option when we get closer uh, is to utilize some of our abilities to be able to leave the ship a little further away from where we think the dragon is. It's going to be giant eagle time again? Probably. <laughs> okay. So no reservations then. This is something we want to do. I'm, I mean, I, I obviously came up with the idea and support it. Uh, it is something that I believe I need to be able to support us as best as possible as we move on to our next, uh, our next goal. But if everyone believes it's too dangerous, I will step aside and we can not do this. I've not been on one of these dragon hunts myself. Not exactly my area of expertise, and... But yeah, usually only take on hunting sentient people is paid task, not something for fun. But she realized that she indeed was hunting you all mm-hmm. at one point. But I'll join. And then me, Scott, as DM, just wants to, one final check. Everybody's on board for going after a dragon, potentially having to engage this dragon in combat. I already spoke my piece. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Okay. I guess that means I'm in too. All right. Well, if everyone's on board, question first. Is there any mechanical, functional prep that you want to do before we get there? When we're about like 10 minutes or so out of whatever we're doing, I want to really, I want to give a, an inspiring speech. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody. In the days and weeks leading up to the, your arrival, I should say then. Mm. 
Not change really. the name on the ship. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should do that. Oh, you don't to want to be the high splendor dragon anymore. Don't hurt us. High dragon, don't hurt us. <laughs> to the we come in peace. Yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good plan. <laughs> I mean, if you want to change the name or hang a banner from the side of the ship, that's up to you. Just let me know what it says. If it's we come in peace. Okay, unless, like, Finn, as the, you know, as the creature expert here, has a better idea, that seems as good an idea to me as any. I don't think we have to change the name of the ship. We can just, like, like literally in the Patreon gifts, like, we can hang a banner behind us that states our intent of nonviolence, like... Okay, I'm good with that, too. I just... <laughs> That's fine too. Yeah, if you if you want to hang a banner out the back or off the side, just let me know what that says. I, I gotta know what this sign says. I'm gonna continue to vote for "We Come in Peace" or like actually calling the dragon by name, like you know, "Hello, we are actually here to talk." <laughs> okay, so what I'm gonna do is on the first day, right after we make this decision. My intention is to like handwrite a message in Draconic uh, that essentially says like the dragon's name. Um, like I'm, I want to keep it short, right? So it's the dragon's name and um, like just something like parlay or like like talk to us. Like very short in Dragon. I'm gonna write it down in Draconic on a piece of paper and like have the a group of our team members get on like writing this banner. Right, like we'll figure out what it's made out of and how it works. I'm sure we can like find mm -hmm. some canvas or something. There's patching um, material for yeah. the uh, balloon. There's still some of it left. I think that so works that's, fine. That's what the, what they're doing. I also spent like I think we established it's like 11 years in a temple of Yoru. So I'm gonna spend the rest of our trip until we find this thing, praying and in meditation to Yoru in the hopes that I could help convince Yoru to help us make contact with this dragon because Yoru knows what we're doing and like hopefully maybe get lucky and get some assistance through that avenue. Okay. I doubt it's going to work, but that second I'll one does. Shot. Okay. That second one does sound like a mechanical thing we can actually roll for. I figured. Oh my goodness. Darvin a roll. Or Darvin or Arnis. Is there anything mechanically, functionally, that you want to do. Arnis is writing a speech, it sounds like. Um, yeah, but that's only, like, you know, day of. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't need to be doing that for weeks beforehand. Um, I can help with whatever the, like, sign is. You can paint a sign. Yeah, it's probably a good idea for me to start coming out of the hold a little more regularly, remembering how to interact with people. Seems like a solid plan. Mm -hmm. What about you, Darwin? Um, maybe just the same. I don't have anything else in particular here, but I don't mind helping. Okay. It's a nice group project. Paint a big banner. That's great. In which case, since it sounds like we're going to be arriving in, well, we're going to have a prayer, and then we're going to be arriving in Sleast. Are you ready to do that now, Chris? Yeah, sure. Well then. 
as Aranus and Darvin lead the crew, lead your allies in creating this wonderful big banner. Certainly, not everyone can speak Draconic, so not everybody knows what they're writing. They've got the note from Finnegan. They know how to copy stuff down. And they will help out, surely. This won't take the entire trip, but will take some time to be a banner of good enough size. Meanwhile, Finnegan. Yes. You're finding a nice quiet little spot and trying to connect with Yoru. Let's let's hear yeah. it. What do you say? What does this look like? I think it it starts with like setting up a meditation place. And since like Yoru is the god of all dragons, like there's a representation of all of the draconic elements, right? So I think the obvious is like there's a, a burning candle and a bowl of water and like I don't know, some sort of like acidy thing. Um and I actually like like take one of the frogs and like put it in a little cage to represent like the poison of a poison dra- dragon's breath. And the hardest is the lightning, but I have a lightning egg with me. So I set that there to kind of represent the lightning breath. Mm-hmm. And we're no longer in the snow section, so water has to represent snow, right? Like, Yeah, it has to represent the ice. And I kind of set this up around me as I meditate, like, all the time right now. Okay. Can I make a suggestion here yeah. real quick in yep. regards to that acid? Because acid mm. is a dangerous thing. But you know yes. what we definitely have on this ship? What? Some oranges. Yeah, that's got citrus. Well, I'm like, yeah, I was like, I, I, I just said acid in general, and I'm like, I'll figure something out eventually. Yes, but yeah, I yeah. think the citrus is a great idea. And so I've got all these things kind of spread out around me, and clearly, like, likely burning some sort of incense, right? Very like focused in prayer. And the other like important element of it is, as someone who is not a dragon, Cyril shares the center of the circle with me. Right. Like, um, uh, as, as a Drake, she might not traditionally pray, but she can represent like the draconic presence in the circle to help me try to make this connection with, with Yoru. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You created this little circle items representing different aspects, dragons, specifically their breath types. And you have a little prayer here for Yoru. So the prayer goes like this. Yoru, father of dragons, Mother of dragonborn, parent to all drakes and wyvern, of whom I served eleven years, we humbly request your aid in parleying with Veriflox. And this is the prayer, and it's in Draconic, and it becomes kind of like a chant for as long as I can do it, until either I get an answer, or until we meet Veriflox. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Finnegan, roll religion. Let's see what oh, type of response shit. you get. Yes. Oh, a good number this time, not a five. I just crit and I have a plus five. So it's Ooh. a 25. Excellent. Because <laughs> this means doing the thing that I really wanted to do is also agreed. The dice agree with me. Dice agree with good. me. Oh, that's so. good. <laughs> Let me just roll a die real fast just to see how long this takes. <laughs> So you and Cyril are sitting here in this little circle of items. You're praying to Yoru, repeating your prayer. And after about 10 minutes of this, you get a response. Just not in any way that you've been contacted before. The last time you spoke with Yoru was in Tiff's Looking Glass in the Chapel of Alethea. That connection was made possible 
by the magic of that artifact and by Cyril's presence. There's no such artifact like that here. And when Darwin prays to Coram, he often gets a response just in his head or in a hallucination, like with the statue in Libera. But not all gods communicate the same way each time. So as you're saying your prayer, you hear Yoru's voice respond to you, coming from Cyril. Cyril turns to you, eyes flash in a prismatic array of color. She begins speaking in Yoru's voice. Mr. Tempest, I hear you. What is it you seek from me? I am thankful that you've taken the time to speak to me, and I will keep myself brief. My allies and I are on our way to try to stop the child of the dwarven god from usurping him. On our way, we intend to parley with Veriflox, at the very least, have them aid me in hatching a lightning phoenix egg. But from what we've learned about Veriflox, it sounds like they might be interested in joining our adventure. So I ask that you simply aid us in making contact. Help them understand that we mean them no harm and will gladly handle the rest. But that small amount of aid would mean much to myself and Cyril. Ah, Veriflox. Cyril's eyes flash blue, pulsing now in between the prism of color and blue. As Yoru is reaching out and maybe not directly contacting Veriflox, but recalling information, connecting to what they know about their child. In the mundane sense, not that Veriflox is demigod. <laughs> Veriflox. A rambunctious child, surely. I assumed they would grow out of it. But if anything, the millennia have only amplified this nature. Why do you think they would want to help you? I have intelligence from an ally of mine that says they seek a challenge in those who hunt them. And as one who has both been a hunter and a hunted, personally, in my experience, believe that the greatest challenges are in hunting more challenging prey. And for someone who is as old as you and employed and as clearly as skilled as a dragon of their age, I believe we could offer them quite a challenge in the child of God. Perhaps, perhaps. I would not force any of my children to assist you. It would have to be of their own accord, of course. While I do wish to protect my children, I will not prevent them from seeking out potentially dangerous situations. Or Zaba aside, that perhaps is a little too dangerous for us at this moment. Will I help you? Hmm. Finnegan, need you to roll here. You could roll religion again. Okay. You could roll persuasion. You'll have advantage on whichever one you want to do because of the crit, because of this nice little setup. If you're letting me choose, I'm definitely not going to choose the persuasion, which is the plus zero. I will be choosing the religion, which is the plus five. Okay. Yeah. This is you supplicating yourself to a god. Religion is fine. Okay, people. Oh, this is with advantage. Haha, with advantage. Yeah. Yes. Get that second die out. Shit. Oh, well, thank you for the advantage, but not much. It's a nine and a two. So with plus five is a 14. Could have been worse, but it could have been better. What I can give you, Mr. Tempest, 
is a symbol, one that Veriflux will recognize as coming from me. Of course, this won't do you any good if you can't get close enough to them to show it. And there's no guarantees that Veriflux will honor my symbol. They will recognize it, I assure you. But it is up to you to make good use of it. Thank you, Yoru. I and the other gods certainly wish you success against Levesque. But this looming tomb is certainly a matter of great concern. So you will understand if I cannot lend you the full weight of my support. I, I have seen the darkness that is the looming tomb, and if it were not for the pressing issue of Levesque, we would be dealing with it directly. But we do feel as if relieving the pressure of that helps all the gods focus more, then we will continue on that path until we can join that issue. <laughs> I, I thank you for aiding myself and Cyril. I know it is not... I am not of your bloodline, and it means much that you are willing to even take my prayer. I will continue to serve you and Cyril as best I can. <laughs> a smile comes across Cyril's face, clearly from Yoru. Good luck, Mr. Tempest. I will leave you with this. Cyril bends down, opens her mouth, and this thick, deep fog, crackling with different colors, pours out, and a small egg, about the size of a softball, forms, cracks open, dissolves away, revealing a small, prismatic dragon claw, made of something you will not be able to identify. Not on this ship. Go ahead. But it, it reflects the colors of all the different types of dragons. That's cool. Much like when you were looking at Yoru themselves. It's like as you turn it, you see different things reflected in all different colors reflected along it. About how large? You said it's about the size of a softball? A little bit smaller than that. That was about the size of the egg, so it fits in your hand, but it's big. Uh could stab somebody with it <laughs> like a dagger not like a sword though cool did you attach it to the end of a stick use it to poke people with absolutely that's true of most things that's super cool so mm -hmm. i spend like a few more minutes in just like silent reflection and like thankfulness and then i collect all the items and i leave with cyril and like i am in such a good mood like i kick oh literally kick open the door from the the hold and i'm coming up and uh, i mean finnegan doesn't sing but he is doing the like oh yeah i got it done dance like it's it's on like donkey kong he's feeling good cyril's like prancing a little as she walks we are badass. And I just say y'all. Um, not y'all. I don't say y'all. <laughs> I don't say y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Finnegan Tempest has spoken to the god of the dragons. Bask in my gift. And I show everyone the, like, the dragon claw, because I'm so proud of this shit. The <clears throat> most pompous I think I've ever heard you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. There's a cocky side to Finnegan. He hasn't gotten to show off much, but this is it just coming through. Um, I look this fool straight back in his face and go, dude, you talk to a god every day. No one's impressed. 
Wow. And it's not, and it's not that I'm not impressed. It's just to bring you down a little. <laughs> uh, look, and, and, and I'm not going to let Arnis bring me down. I, t- I, f- I hold this thing into Arnis' face and I say, I but not every day do you give me one of these, son. He's got you there. And now you're ready to hear what the god of the dragons gifted to me and what they told me. Wait, wait. Did you ever ask? I can you give me a prismatic dragon claw? I'm not the god of dragons. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I think right now the, the kids are like, Arnest, can you give us stuff? <laughs> Oh, beautiful. This is cool. Well, go ahead then. Oi. So here's what happened. I set about praying the way I was taught in the temple. Cyril and I, in deep meditation, and Yoru came to us through Cyril. And while they, they promised not to convince Veriflux or to force them to ally with us, they provided me this which is a symbol of Yoru. And they said, should Veriflux be able to see it, they will recognize it as a symbol from Yoru that we bear. And while there's no guarantee that they would act kindly, it, it would aid us in making a contact and a connection with the dragon. It is better than a whole lot better than nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, I would agree with you there. I, and uh, frankly, I... I, I appreciate the the assist with just the simple like, hey Arnis, go persuade that dragon plan. So thank you for that. Finnegan <laughs> <laughs> uh. okay. has this cool claw, a wonderful symbol of Yoru. Veriflox will definitely recognize it, provided they can see it, as would any other dragon. But that's beside the point right now. Unless there are other things that people want to do before we get there, we can move ahead. We can montage us to the shores of Celestia. Let's do it. Montage. Painting banners, figuring out how to hang this thing up. At this point now, Morello, just like every other day, asking Arnis for a gift. And the day would be a total so jerk and just cast light on a coin and be like, if you're, I will give this to you now. And if your faith ever wavers, the light will go out. And an hour later, when the light spell goes out and it goes out, the poor dude is just heartbroken. Don't do that. That's a dick move. Oh, that's a very dick move. It's something you do to people you don't know. I mean, I think honestly, for the first like five days, he just comes up and is like, you know. Ernest, can I have a gift? And like every single day I just go, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Until on the last day I go, you've witnessed pretty much every like God training session I've had, right? Like I actually give him an honest answer of like why I cannot do this thing that he is asking me for. (laughs) Seeing that he's like not going to (laughs) stop just because I say no. Like, so what you've witnessed is literally the extent of my godly powers. I can't just, like, poop you a gift. Not to mention the fact that, like, when I can do such a thing, it is 
not going to be material in the same way that Yoru was able to gift Finn that thing. I mean, not if you don't try. <laughs> kid. <laughs> not a kid. This dude is old. No, Morello's Morello. not old. No, oh, I'm sorry. Kid. I thought it was, it was the... No, this no, isn't Parlin. Parlin wouldn't Parlin. bug you for a gift. Parlin is just Parlin. like going like, someday. I would be... <laughs> I would be way gentler with Parlin. Um, <sighs> kid, in the grand scheme of things, of the very world itself, I am a baby. God. Uh, less than a baby. Yoru has been around for thousands of years. Millennia. When I've been around for that long, maybe come talk to me. Or at least give me a good century before you come asking for stuff. All right, well, first, you got to make it so I can live that long. <laughs> Gift one. <laughs> Go. Leave. I don't care where. <laughs> Out of my sight, child. Go. <laughs> <sighs> and of course, like, as I'm saying this, I am actively, like, laughing. Go. Leave. Get out of here. All right, all right. So the days pass, and it's a couple more weeks before you can see Celestia. Compared to Sarakar, it is small. There's a minor continent here in the southeast. It straddles the autumn and winter bands. And as you get closer, you can see the fractures all throughout the land. Continent literally broken apart into smaller islands. Between a number of them, there are bridges of various types. Grand stone bridges, smaller rope and wood bridges, perhaps even some metal ones. It's all relatively new construction within the past 150 years, let's say. But the people of Celestia have found a way to reunite the different parts of their land. Some of these bridges extend from the top of these land masses. Some of them where it's closer, in between, kind of in the middle, halfway down from ground level, connecting various caves and caverns. They don't extend between each and every individual land mass. The land here is green. There are trees and mountains. There are waterfalls spilling in between inside the fractures. And there seems to be a prevailing loud fog in between some of these land masses. Given what you have learned from Asturias's ally, one knows to head towards those areas, shrouded in fog and cloud, seeking out the sounds of thunder and the flashes of lightning. As you fly over the land, you can see towns, villages, a major city farther off in the distance. One directs the ship towards these shrouded fractures in the land where the thunder rumbles and the lightnings flash. At first, it seems like any other storm, but as you grow nearer, the frequency of these strikes, the thunder, is unnatural. Asturias and the others bring out this banner and hang it from the rear of the ship. Ulwan guides the ship 
down into the cloud cover amid the thunderstorms and the cracks of lightning. It quickly becomes apparent that this is a dangerous situation. You aren't even at Veriflox yet, and yet the sky itself is attempting to push you away. So, what do each of you do to help assure safe travel through here? Just a real quick skill challenge. This could be as simple as being a lookout. This could be taking control or assisting a one with the control. You know, it's rough weather. Might take two people to steer. Or if there's anything you can do to help push back some of these effects. Just as examples. Give me one second. Let me see what I got. Mm-hmm. I think I actually could be a lookout. All right. Just try and gain as much, you know, height as I can. Height? Like, are you going to go on top of the balloon? Or are you... Yeah, if, if possible. Or, you know, if there's anything I can cling to thereabouts. There's, there's rope that helps hold the uh, balloon to the ship, so you can certainly climb up there. Shout down if you see anything dangerous. So I like the I like this idea. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds All good. Right. So let's start with a lookout roll then. Darvin, be a perception check. As you're flying in between these various islands of Celestia, there's a lot to be worried about. Lightning, other ships, Oof. other animals, bridges perhaps. So let's see what you see. Well, well, I got a four. Do you hear? Mm. Not starting off well. A four. Wait, what did you roll? I rolled a two. Okay. From atop the balloon, you do have a pretty good vantage point. But these clouds are thick. And that bridge was low and was small. And you didn't see it in time to tell Olwan to pull up. And the hull of the ship crashes against this wooden bridge that had been connecting the two different sides of these islands plows through it like absolutely demolishing it the ship pitches hard everybody make a dexterity saving throw dear oops I what do we get darvin 21 oh, you're fine good for you i got a nine you're up at the top it's actually like swinging the least up there it swings more down in the ship itself Arnis. I got a 12. Are you on the deck of the ship? Uh, yeah, I, I would assume. assume so. I would assume so, too. Okay. A 12. The ship pitches, you lose your footing, and you go sliding across the deck, slamming into the rail. You take five bludgeoning damage. Ooh, catch that rail in the ribs. Finnegan. Oh, I got a nine. Oof. Mm. Ah, I know. Finnegan, you lose your footing. You fall down flat and slide across the deck, hitting your head, thunk, right up against the railing. You're only taking two bludgeoning damage, though. (laughs) That's what the dice. dice. That's what the dice say. The friction from him sliding on his ass across the ship slowed him down a little. Didn't hurt as much. Uh, What about Cyril? Oh, I didn't roll for cereal. I'm sorry. Unless she's down. If she's below deck, don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think she is definitely below deck. And the roll was good, but I just, I, I didn't roll because I thought she was below deck. She's not okay. up here yet. Okay. 
I wouldn't bring her out until I knew she was, she'd be safe to be up here or until I knew we needed her for combat. Mm -hmm. For your allies below deck, they are getting tossed around, but they don't have as far to go. It's more just bruises, things falling off shelves, animals in the hold, like getting skittish. Arnis or Finnegan, what are you doing to help steer, guide, find Veriflox here in the thunderstorms? I'm trying to think of that right now. Um, none of what's happening seems like magical in any way, does it? In the sense that the spell magic would work? No. Right. Okay. No. These are, as the stat blocks would call them, regional effects of being near this okay. very powerful dragon. Okay. I That was my assumption, but I figured I better ask. <laughs> okay, I have two options. Can I, like, kind of put it to the group and see if they think my first weird idea is super weird? Okay. Too weird or not weird enough? Too, too, too weird and not useful enough. Oh, okay. My, my first idea was... I can't believe you just pulled that up because my first idea was to polymorph myself into a giant eagle and like fly just below and ahead of the ship to like basically like scout for bridges mm-hmm. <laughs> and like caca when there's a bridge. Okay. That's one idea. I like it. Uh, my second idea was literally just to be a lookout over the bow of the ship. Okay. Just perception. Get up. So. I'm good with either. That's because I'm the DM and I can have fun with both. If you want to start using your spell slots now, that's up to you. I just want to remind you as the DM, like, there's no guarantee that Veriflox will be friendly at first. Yeah, that's part of the reason I'm hesitating. We will definitely have to roll for charges next time, but don't worry about that right now. Yeah, so it's, it's part of the reason why, like, I didn't just do the polymorph thing like is that gonna mm-hmm. get us enough should i just roll a perception check you can get out there it would be a farther perception like you'd have greater visibility especially since giant eagle has better eyesight than you right it's up to you if you want to spend that spell slot put yourself out there i don't know anybody thoughts i think it's a good idea uh, y- yeah i don't feel qualified to chime in after my two <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh shit, we just hit a bridge. And more of the same isn't really going to do us any good. Okay, well that that was my thought too. It's like I could do the same thing again that like basically Darwin just did. or mm-hmm. Yeah, but you do, do it better than me. So whichever is fine. I mean, maybe. Like, I've got a higher bonus. That doesn't mean I'm going to roll better. Yeah. <laughs> again, we don't need to hem and haw over it. Ulan will support you because like we just hit a bridge. That was unpleasant. Let's not do that again. Um... All right. In which case, then I will just I'll, I will use polymorph. Okay. And do that thing. <laughs> giant eagle, and you fly out. All right. Um, giant eagle. What is your perception like as a giant eagle? Top, off the top of my head, I do not know. Passive perception is fourteen. They have a plus four to perception. What's your perception as a as just Arnis? Ah, uh, sorry. They have keen sight. So they get advantage on perception checks that rely on sight. So that's what you're getting. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eagles have keen sight. I also figure being like down and out from the mm-hmm. ship will help anyway. Right. 
yeah, it's the it's the advantage really because my perception is a plus seven, so like it's good, but mm-hmm. yeah, we we'll get a plus get four so on this roll, plus advantage. So let's see what you got. I crit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what does that come to? Uh, twenty four. It's the eagle stats, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think you're able to not only spot bridges and help guide up and down and around them, but you know. You were able to spot overhangs in the rock. Like, we gotta go side to side in some places. Well, one is good at maneuvering the ship. He just has to know which way to go. And your calling back as the giant eagle is definitely helping. Got a nice little Star Wars trench run going on right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got Arnis out in front of the ship as a giant eagle. Darwin perched on top of the balloon, holding onto that rope real tight. Finnegan, what are you doing? All right, so I'm thinking on my feet, and this may be more than you're going to allow me to do in a turn, but here's what I'd like to do. It's a skill check, so we can be... Well, yeah, there's a lot I want to do, though, so let's see what you'll allow. <laughs> um, let's so hear it. I, I have, or I may have already done some of this before, but like, I don't want to just be walking around on this bridge of this thing with this important item like just mm-hmm. in my hand, because, you know... I've watched enough Supernatural to know that I'm going to get thrown across the brow again and it's going to go flying off the ship. So I'd like to have like used... I have leatherworking tools. I, I Leatherworking is something I can do. I'd like to have, like at the very least, fashioned like a, a wrist strap for it, like, like, a, like a surfer uses on their surfboard because I don't want this thing to go lost. Or like it seems too big to wear as a necklace and like that's not how Finnegan rolls. That's like like favor flave level bling at that point. It would be pretty ostentatious to wear it as a necklace. So yeah, I've, I've fashioned some sort of wrist strap. Are you okay if I've done that ahead of time? Yeah. Cool. We had right. time to do that beforehand. Cool. I just wanted to make sure that that was cool. So uh, I've done that. I've got this thing in my hand and I'm going to cast thaumaturgy on myself to make my voice boom. And I'm just standing on the front edge as far the front of the ship as I can, and I'm holding it out, and I'm just saying, Veriflox, we come with Yoru's blessing. We mean you no harm. Please parlay with us so we can speak to you. Like I'm just like repeating that over and over and over again out to try and get him them to stop attacking us. This isn't an attack. This is just I Yes, I understand. It's not an attack, but it's a regional effect that happens because they are a dragon in the region and hopefully they can take some control over it. I don't know. So what are you rolling here with this then? I don't know. This sounds like persuasion. Which is the worst thing for me to be rolling, but I guess that's what I'm rolling. If you've got other ideas for which skill this is. No, it's definitely 100% persuasion. Okay. Okay, well, let's roll some persuasion. Why am I always the one rolling persuasion? I roll persuasion all the time. That's a 17. Hey, that's not bad. Veriflox and other sufficiently powerful dragons do not necessarily have direct control over their regional effects. As the books describe them, this is their innate magic warping the landscape around them. But that's not to say that they can't have an indirect effect. So, as you're flying through this thunderstorm, bolts of lightning are flashing across the sky, in front of the ship, around the ship, behind the ship, 
I think Darwin and Arnis both being farther away from the ship now, like out front and on top, you can feel the electricity in the air to a very sufficient degree. The air is just charged with this energy. And as Finnegan is saying this, some of that energy begins to lessen. I don't want to say dissipate. It dampens slightly. And the lightning strikes seem to be farther away. And rather than hindering your advance through these fractures, they almost seem to be guiding you. You'll get to a junction, and bolts of lightning will flash across one side. And it keeps happening again and again. And while this could just be, you know, random chance, it soon becomes evident that you are being guided. As the ship is in between two of these islands, deep in the fracture, stone walls rising high above you. Arnis up ahead, you see this huge opening in the side of one of these islands. And from it, this huge gust of wind pushes you back. It's more than just natural wind as part of a storm. This hits you almost with a directed force, pushing you back in the sky. And then it comes in regular intervals. The wind pushing you back, pushing you back, until you're practically at the ship again. And this wind buffets the ship backwards, almost holding it in place. Ulwan slows the ship down, knowing that to try to proceed any further would be dangerous to the ship, dangerous to the people on board. From within this cave, there are huge cracks of thunder, flashes of lightning, and there's a rumbling sound deep within, and a blue glow. You are not the usual hunters. What brings you to my domain? As Veriflox approaches the opening of the cave, and the blue light grows brighter. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.